Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 19th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have a bit of news, a behind-the-scenes audio clip. I head into the Visitor Center to chat with John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from Raw Thrills, the company behind the recently released Jurassic Park arcade system. Dan Caron joins me to revisit this past week's poll, and we'll top it off with the listener segment featuring a great rant from Olivia about the character of Zara from Jurassic World. So why don't we get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access me, program. Access me, security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Moviepilot.com has a few great quotes from Irfan Khan, the actor who played Simon Mizrani in Jurassic World. After being a huge figure within Indian film, he's made movies such as Slumdog Millionaire and Life of Pi. And he's quoted as saying, When the first Jurassic Park came out, I barely had the money to see it and now I'm playing a part. He also went on to say, Hollywood is too planned. India has no planning at all. It's more spontaneous and informal. India could be more formal and Hollywood more spontaneous. Indian films have a sense of celebration. Sometimes in that celebration, we forget about story. So we should give story more respect as Hollywood does. It's really incredible to think about him not being able to afford a ticket, but we should all celebrate the fact that he is here now and he is a huge star in Western cinema. Congrats to him on all his recent success. If you want to find a link to the article, check out our show notes. In New Jersey, Rowan University is purchasing a 65-acre quarry to dedicate to a full-time public fossil park, where you can dig up vertebrae, teeth, and other parts of prehistoric creatures. For $1.95 million, the university purchased an area that they intend to have open for five days a week. The New Jersey Quarry, which has 65 million years in the making, hopes to live up to something along the lines of Philadelphia Zoo or the Franklin Institute. This spot seems to be a prime location for finding fossils from sharks, crocodiles, turtles, and even mosasaurs. You know, the giant creature in the water from Jurassic World. And also, it seems like it's a prime spot to study climate change. Since I'm in New Jersey, I'm going to keep an eye on this story because I want to head out there myself and see what this place is all about. You can find a link to philly.com in our show notes. The Jurassic Park coaster that we've been following over in Universal Studios Japan has finally been confirmed as being the Flying Dinosaur. The attraction is being sponsored by JCB, which is a global payment brand and leading credit car issuer in Japan. And it seems to be opening in spring of 2016. 
JCB is going to be sending out a lot of promotions to over 20 million card members. And also they're going to be collaborating with major travel agencies, card issuers, and other partners to get people to come to this ride and visit Universal Studios Japan. So while the name doesn't seem to be overly innovative, we do get a bit of backstory over at Screamscape.com. Uh, they say that the Pteranodons were secretly living in Jurassic Park, and a research team has been working on getting them to carry an empty train for a stable flight experience. But these are wild animals and prone to suddenly break off and run away in flight. I look forward to finding out more about this attraction over the fall and winter as it's being built, but for now I can head you in the direction of a sort of poster image and some more information about the sponsorship and the ride itself. So head over to the link in our show notes to find more. <coughs> this past week, Jurassic World The Game, which is available on mobile devices, had a major update. This update seems to be focusing in on the tournaments and creating a chance to win the Mosasaurus. It also has four new limited edition dinosaurs, two new hybrids that can be created, you can even unlock two more dinosaurs, new buildings, and decorations. And stay tuned because there's five new episodes boosting the level cap to 60. All new battle events and card packs. And of course, there's bug fixes. As we all know, that can be super annoying. Head over to your mobile device right now to download it. What are you waiting for? This game has tons of awesome new action and all kinds of new content to download. So I highly suggest getting it, so check it out. Now we know Jurassic World doesn't come out on DVD until October 20th, but this past week has finally seen the release of Jurassic World digitally. You can now download Jurassic World on all major digital platforms, such as iTunes, Google Play, or Amazon. From everything I've been hearing, the digital copy looks beautiful. And apparently the coloring even looks that much better than it did on screen. And uh, one of the major things everybody has been pointing out is the, the visual effects that they look much better than they did on the uh, on the big screen. I'm not sure how that's possible. I thought they looked great, others didn't, but apparently now they look even better. So go download it on all those digital platforms I mentioned. I think it's about $19.99, and you know, if you can't wait for that DVD to release, go pick it up and download it now. behind-the-scenes clip, we'll hear from Chris Pratt, Colin Trevorrow, and Dennis Murin about the dinosaurs' visual effects in Jurassic World. Take a listen. through the roof, which is supposed to be a dinosaur head. I imagine there's a beat or two right in and then they ixnay of the amscray, yes. and then this car goes flying. Ready and action. Action, we'll do the push and the hand up. Once the dinosaur lands right here, he's on top of the guy, right? So it's like, boom, right in our face. These really incredible and wonderfully talented people who are the best in the business have created dinosaurs that look better than anything you have ever seen in your life. 
These dinosaurs have personality and life, and we created real characters with them. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than what we did. It's spectacular. The dinosaurs just look a lot more realistic than they ever had been before. What that adds up to for the audience is they're just a heck of a lot scarier. And action, crash! It all starts on the set. It all starts with how the dinosaur is going to fit in the scene and even how the actors are reacting to it. They have to know just where to look. They have to know what degree of fear they're supposed to be. So we do what we can to make that part of it the best it possibly can be. So we've got the best material to work with. I'll post a link to the video in the show notes. Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from Braun Thrills join me to discuss the Jurassic Park Arcade. So joining me this week inside the Visitor Center is John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from Raw Thrills, the company behind the Jurassic Park arcade game. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing great. Awesome. So i like to start off the uh, interview here with a pretty in-depth, serious question. Now, you guys are stuck in a kitchen with a pair of raptors. What do you do? Got to grab the freeze gun. The freeze gun. Uh, yeah, the freeze gun or the... Uh... I guess it's the frostbite gun. Yeah. Or I, I guess my personal favorite would be the um, the big uh, electric gun, which we called, oh, what did we call it? The shock bolt. Shock <laughs> bolt. Yeah, I saw a few uh, videos. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Um, I don't know where the nearest one around me is. Probably uh, like a Dave & Buster's or something. Um, but I saw that freeze gun, and that thing looks awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I think... Um, you know, we had a lot of ideas for weapons, and the big thing was just um, trying to come up with stuff that wasn't necessarily lethal, and um, yeah, and then also looked cool. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, actually, why don't you guys just uh, describe the game a little bit for you know the people who haven't played it yet? Go ahead, John. Yeah, sure. Well. <clears throat> There was a uh, volcano on Isla Nublar, and uh, you know, volcano is sort of the uh, enemy of dinosaurs. Yeah. So you got to go in there and uh, capture these dinosaurs and uh, to protect them from from this volcano that's about to go off. So the three big ones are the are your three major missions in the game. You can uh, you can go off and save the uh, Triceratops. Uh, next is the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. There's a Spinosaurus for the third mission. Awesome. And, uh, you know, you'll go through a couple of various different environments uh, from the movie, uh, from the various movies, actually, um, in, in while you track down that dinosaur. And you'll encounter plenty of other dinosaurs that are uh, going to get in your way uh, while you uh, track them down. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed about it was the, uh, the environments that you come across. You know, you see the, the visitor center... Uh, a kitchen that looks very similar to the one we've seen, and the uh, the landing pad. Are there any other ones that we've missed? Oh man, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. We um, a lot of the stuff is just you know based off the jungle scenes. I mean, there wasn't. I guess we we tried to do kind of a a camp, like an outdoor kind of camp scene that was, I guess, somewhat based on 
a scene from the second movie um, where they kind of they go in there at night and um, yeah. the raptors are tearing in through the doors and stuff and that the outside at least was was kind of um, set up to look kind of like that it was just kind of this abandoned old yeah you know, I don't know if it was like a military thing or just engine or whatever but um, we kind of set that up to match that but the rest of it you know we kind of came up with some just some big wild outdoor environments just based on you know our own ideas or, or stuff we had seen from the movies nothing uh, they didn't have a lot of structural stuff you know other than the mm-hmm. iconic ones of the visitor center really and that gate of course we had the gate so <laughs> Yeah, and I heard you guys worked uh, really closely with with uh, Universal to get all these details right. What was that process like? Um, well, I would say that Universal was um, was very they were very um, good with us and forthcoming as far as um, you know uh, they weren't they weren't overly controlling. They pretty much just uh, we would submit them um, videos along the way of, of our work in progress, and they would kind of um, I guess, you know, they would they would give some feedback, some direction, but for the most part, it was it was an overall message of like, don't, you know, annihilate the, the boss dinosaurs, uh-huh. and and, um, and try and keep this game, you know, somewhat kid friendly and um, and and don't use like lethal weapons, like I was saying earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see that throughout the movies. They try to um, treat the dinosaurs fairly, and you don't really see a lot of dino killing or anything like that. So I think it's good it translated that way in the game there. Yeah, at least not until Jurassic uh, World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We came to the realization, I think, that in the um, uh, the first movie, they, you never actually, they never actually fired their gun on camera, I'm pretty sure, uh, or at least just about never. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we even though it's a shooting game, we, we still wanted to keep that sort of I don't know attitude towards you know these are these are not creatures that we're trying to hunt down and exterminate. We're trying to uh, uh, you know protect them or at least uh, realize that they're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Now, you uh, you're trying to corral all these dinosaurs. I don't know if this is like a spoiler or not, but. If you don't have to answer it, if if it is, but uh, where, what's the end game? Where are these uh, dinosaurs being taken? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we ever made it that far. Maybe that's <laughs> for the uh, sequel. Yeah. Um, you know, it was. Um, I don't know if we had thought that far through. I mean, we kind of, you know, you kind of have an idea for some of the stuff at the beginning, and some of it you kind of make up as the, as you go along, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't know. You'll have to play all the way through to. I don't. Have you seen the the very the very closing credits scene? Uh, no. I try not to look that far in advance. I wanted to kind of go in fresh. I saw a few videos online, but uh, okay. I definitely wanted to go in fresh. There is a closing cutscene. Yeah. So you know, it's it's maybe not uh, explicit as to what's going on, but if you <laughs> capture all three dinosaurs, you you will see a little bit about what happens to them. Awesome. I got to check that out. Um, one of the things that, that I think everybody will notice is the look of the dinosaurs. Um, now, you've got to capture all these different ones, but at the same time, there's, it looks like there's tons of dinosaurs and, and other creatures coming straight at you. But the look of these dinosaurs is definitely a little bit different than we're used to. So, so what was it that made you guys go with this uh, stylistic approach with the different coloring and the, and the feathers and whatnot? Was that uh, like on Universal's side or was that you guys? Um, I think that... 
um, again, Universal was not extremely involved in the in the okay. art direction. Um, they were more they were more into the um, kind of the, the the plot going on and the um, you know the motivation behind what was going on on the on the island. But yeah, um, for the player, but the the dinosaur design. You know, obviously, we could have gone even more in the direction of um, you know, modern science or whatever with feathers and and all that has supposedly been um, discovered about dinosaurs now with their, you know, their long lost relatives to birds or whatever. But yeah, we kind of tried to stay within the the original Jurassic spirit and stick with the more reptilian um, kind of creepy look. We obviously, yeah, we did have a couple of like bird like ones there, but um, but we tried to be more true to the original and, and as far as the colors go, you know, a lot of that, if you will look at other raw thrills games, um, a lot of that comes from the, the, the founder of the company, Eugene and, um, Eugene Jarvis. And he's got a, he has instilled in all of us that, um, you know, overly colorful things never, you know, no player ever really is disappointed when they have stuff glowing and bright and colorful in their face. And we've all kind of turned that into our own mantra for design. So I think that's where a lot of that came from. We were also pretty excited. Uh, you know, we read a, a tweet, I think it was, from the director of Jurassic World. Uh, he, he, he tweeted, no feathers in, in Jurassic World. We were pretty excited that we were going to match, or at least that we we're on the right path with the, the current movie. Too. That's right, because nobody knew where, what direction they were going to go. You know, there was like leaked, leaked artwork, mm -hmm. all this, and nobody really had any clue what they were going to do. So it seems like they kind of stayed true to that original as well. Yeah, I'm sure you guys were were definitely wondering what was going on because you didn't have any inf inside information as to what was going on for that film. You guys are just creating two separate entities here and I'm sure you're just like dying to see what they put on screen and I'm sure it helped you guys uh, with sales and whatnot. Right, I mean, it's kind of funny. It was just a really happy coincidence, one that a lot of times it seems like we're, we're not so good at timing always. It's hard to time <laughs> things up with movies, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, and that movie was delayed by a year and then we kind of, we became delayed ourselves on unrelated issues and it wound up all kind of converging at the same time and it, it actually was really really great timing for us so um yeah we were all pleasantly surprised and felt like a lot of parts in the movie we felt like almost almost kind of matched our game so it was uh i'm sure just a coincidence but it was really cool the way it worked out yeah i think a lot of the people um love the aspect of the movie where they went back and visited the, uh, the old stuff. And, and that's really what we get to see here in this game is, is kind of like uh, basically what happens in between the films. You know, you have uh, a bunch of cleaning up of, uh, you know, dinosaurs, you're corralling them, trying to do something with them. Um, and I think that's something a lot of people wanted to see in Jurassic World. But uh, I keep hearing people talk about maybe wanting to see a prequel or something like that. Maybe, you know, a TV show or a comic uh, so I think this is the, you know, a step in the right direction here. We can, we can kind of see what's going on, you know, uh, while the cameras aren't on. Yeah. We kind of like to think that maybe, maybe our game was a prequel. Like this is what they had to do to get the dinosaurs in line for the, uh, you know, the park to open. Uh, yeah. and obviously that was not our plan from the beginning, but you know, we can roll with it. Uh, it certainly <laughs> seems to fit. Yeah. I think a lot of people are 
you know, uh, stuck on canon. They want to see from start to finish, you know, a full timeline of what's happening. And, uh, you know, people can, you know, pick and choose what they want to be viewed as canon. But, you know, I'm sure people are going to go out and play this game and be like, all right, I, I accept that. That's what happened. <laughs> I sure. know it's, it's, it's kind of over. It's kind of um, overwhelming when you read some of the through the, all the comments people make and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they've got this whole storyline figured out that like you're like, man. I could have hired you from the beginning and you could have helped us write this thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, part of that is a lot of the fans have been dying for this. I think it's been 14 years or so since uh, Jurassic Park 3 and, you know, 22 over 22 years from the first one. So people have been dying to find out what's been going on in that island, you know, since then. Um, one of the cool aspects I know about this game is the, the vehicles. You know, it looks like they're super amped up. It's like nothing we've seen before. Um, and I love the transition between uh, using like helicopters, being on foot, it looks like, and uh, using these just angry, massive off-road trucks. What got you guys to those designs specifically? Anything? Uh... You know, we, we, we established pretty early on that we wanted to have a lot of motion. I mean, the, the, um, the, the park is, is big and there's lots of different areas and they're going all around them in the, in the movies. Uh, it's funny, we actually drew a lot of inspiration to, to get moving and our impetus to to move was from the original Jurassic Park arcade game. Uh, it was, you know, whatever it came out right around the time of the movies. And in that game, um, you know, you're, it was moving all around, and we thought, well, we, you know, yeah, this this looks pretty great, and we'd like to figure out how to uh, move the player through all these different environments in our game as well. Um, and so it just, you know, followed from that that we're going to make these these vehicles. How are you going to get around? Well, helicopters are cool. You need a cool jeep. You need a good jeep. Jeeps are always <laughs> sort of prominent in Jurassic Park, you know. Oh, so, definitely. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. Uh, yeah, I just I love the designs. They were so awesome looking, and uh, like oh, I said, cool. nothing we've seen before. Yeah, and I mean, if you look in some shots, you can see the old Explorer like yeah. flipped over and like burning in the corner. But <laughs> uh, but but we we tried to go all new, and um, you know, looking back on it, I think that if somebody would have told us at the beginning how difficult it was going to be to do all those different things um, on foot in the Jeep and in the helicopter. I don't, I doubt we would have tried to do them all, but because um, each one was like totally different challenge and, and really a lot to figure out. But, um, but in the end it, it became a very rich kind of feel and, and a lot of variety. And I think, you know, it, it has showed in the, uh, in the earnings of the game. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. It looks beautiful, and, you know, it looks like you guys put a ton of work in. So what was the uh, the process of, like, start to finish? You know, how long did that take? Uh, what did it take, John? About two and a half years? I, I, I want to say almost closer to three. Um, wow. We certainly started a little over three years, but we weren't maybe working on it all the time. We started off slowly, you know, uh, tinkering with different ideas. Um, and then, yeah, somewhere between two and a half and three years. This was long before, actually, they, they had announced even the movie. We, you know, we wanted to do Jurassic Park because we thought it was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the process. We, we, we tried to create a lot of different scenarios. Um, you know, it's funny. You're bringing up the vehicles. And another thing we were thinking of is, like, some of these dinosaurs, well, obviously, they're very big, right? And so if you want to show them in motion, yeah. they're going to they're gonna get up on you immediately, you know? Two steps mm -hmm. and a, a T-Rex is going to cover a football field. And uh, so we experimented a lot, just kind of making these little um, 
kind of arenas where you're gonna like, let's have the dinosaur move around and pretend like you're fighting. Um, and you'd see if you want to create this them in a in a dramatic way, um, you got to get moving. And uh, having them chase you is, you know, that's a pretty that's a pretty classic way in the movie. Um, and you got to be going quick enough because if you're just running, it's it's not gonna cut it. They're gonna they're gonna catch up. They're gonna catch up to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like um, you know a zombie shooter or anything like that, where you can basically stay on the ground the whole time and just go room to room. This is like much more massive, and you need those vehicles to get you around. Well, and I think I think us being primarily a driving game studio, okay, kind of drove the design too, because um, we've always been good at at creating large environments and um, and getting through them. And um, honestly, for us to do a gun game. It was a big challenge. I mean, um, our studio hasn't um, really made a shooter for over 10 years, and um, this was this was a, a total change for us. We were using all new, uh, a whole new engine. Um, we were using th new 3D software we had never used before, and um, and then of course the genre was different for us. So um, it was a it was a big hurdle and. You know, I think initially we made this one proof of concept that was looking back on it. I think looking back on it, it was like Christmas. It was around Christmas, I guess. Yeah. Like three or four years ago, and it was that. Looking back on it, I think that sold it pretty well, and it was way better than I think any of us thought we could do at the time. We only had like three guys on this thing. We just had kind of like a little mini um, version of that Triceratops chase on that cliff, and. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, and it came out decent, decent enough to you know sell everybody on it on the idea. And, um, we kind of went from there, and, and and like John was saying too, we really kind of broke down a lot of those early Jurassic Park games too, and, and other shooters as well for our own education as far as just timing. And I think pacing was probably the biggest hurdle for us to to overcome as far as just not rushing players through through the game and really giving them time to take it all in. Cause like, like John's saying that, you know, these scenes are huge. These dinosaurs are huge and you really kind of need to let the player, um, take in every, every scene and every moment and give them time to, to acclimate before you start, you know, move them on to the next thing. So that took us a while to get that really, um, honed in, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we were playing, I feel like, you know, we would, we would get used to it. And so we're like, well, you know, I'm pretty good at shooting these two or three raptors. So let's let's throw in, um, you know, like a, a, a Dilophosaurus and have him spit at you at the same time. And then like bring in some of the micro raptors from above. And uh, you know, we had to realize like, wow, we got really good at our own game. And uh, this is very hard for people that have just sat down. And yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, it gets overwhelming quickly um, between the colors and the weapons and the. Um, you know, and then you start to throw in like a motion cabinet and with all the loud sounds and everything, it's like you're there in the park and it's just, it's so much going on. Um, I think, you know, that was something that just took a lot of dialing in and, and John and the other programmers really worked hard at giving us the tools to, um, as artists to, to really kind of tweak that timing and that pacing in the, in the gameplay to, to a, in, in, in a way where we could easily iterate on on the amount of enemies that were coming and, and the dispatch that was happening around the player um, 
and you know, we, I think we finally got it dialed in at the end. But it, that that final bit didn't really come until probably the last, you know, three four months of the project, um, and then it really got good. So <laughs> takes a while. Oh, I'm sure. Um, now, when you start the game, uh, do you get to pick like a character, or are you just thrown into the game? You know, I, I was just that's one of the things I was wondering is because the characters are so memorable throughout the films. Well, so the main character is you. You know, you okay. sit down, um, you and your buddy. Uh, you're, you're, you're the guys that are responsible uh, for taking down these dinosaurs, and we don't want to tell you who you are. But um, <laughs> when you start, you get to pick. You know, we're also when you're when you're picking your level, we're focused on the dinosaurs. So it's the Triceratops, the T-Rex, the Spino, and you can start, you know, a little bit into the mission in case you've played before and you just really look think that you know this one looks cool. Um, but we tried to stay largely kind of out of your way um, as far as putting the characters in. I, I don't think we had permission to use any of the original movie's characters. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we considered of having like some sort of approximations, I think, for a while. But um, ultimately, the dinosaurs are the stars of this game. And, uh, you know, we, we, we made sure that, you know, those are the characters that you want to remember uh, in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I also just want to add, I think that a lot of games, at least from our perspective, especially in the arcade, you, you can get you can get bogged down in the character development and the dialogue and all the storyline and stuff. And we're much more about just kind of putting you into the action. So, yeah, uh, we kind of just kept that to a minimum. Yeah, that's good. You know, sometimes there's like too many cutscenes and storylines, and you just kind of want to get in there and just shoot and just uh, have fun. That's I think right. if I think if you looked in an earlier version of our game, even that uh, we might have had little cutscenes and intros at the beginning, and and we just we we wound up making those shorter and shorter because people just want to get into the action. They want to get to the fun part where they're, yeah. they're in a chopper and, and and pterodactyls are everywhere. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys a few questions like about the system itself. Um, I, I read that it has uh, cinema quality video, it has tactile feedback guns, rumble seats, lighting effects. Uh, one of the cool things is it has this giant dino topper on top with a park sign. So it's a beautiful thing and you just, I don't think you can miss that if you ever walked into an arcade or wherever they're located. Um, what can you tell me about those uh, two different versions that you have there of the machines? Well, there are a lot of cool, um a lot of cool new pieces of hardware that we, we worked on for that. I think, you know, one of the biggest and most prominent um, is uh, the full motion of the game. We used, um, which is relatively new for arcade games, um, air springs to pick up your cabinet and, and shake you around, <laughs> lean you forward, lean you back, left, wow. right. Um, and it was, a, it was a real challenge both uh, for everybody, you know, to, to get this working mechanically and electrically and... And then figuring out how to how to make this work in the game, um, you know, a, a, a lot of people worked uh, really hard to, to get that in. It was it was it was a lot of fun to do. Um, you know, you try to script it so that when the helicopter goes down, it's going to shake you around a bit. Mm -hmm. um, when you're in a parachute, to slowly move left and right, um, you know, and, and kind of script these sequences. Um, we also had, which was kind of cool, um, this sort of rumble seats. Um, and I think a lot of that came from, you know, I think one of the most memorable scenes in Jurassic Park when, you know, you haven't seen the T-Rex yet, but you know he's <laughs> out there and they yeah. look at that cup of water and you could see these, these, these ripples. And 
you know, that's a, that's a great for a movie. You know, you see that you can really feel, you know, you imagine that there's a T-Rex coming closer. But uh, we don't want you to have to imagine it. We want to do it. So we've got, um, we'll actually take what's called a tactile transducer, which is okay. basically the part that shakes the cone of a subwoofer. And we're just gonna, uh -huh. well, we just bolted it right onto the bottom of the seat. And wow. so instead of, instead of having a cone to make a noise, it's going to shake you. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun to design the uh, sort of sound waves that would, that would feel really good. You could take a, a dinosaur footstep and sort of modulate it a bit to give it a good feeling. Um, and then, you know, so when you're sitting in this cabinet, you're going to feel it as well as hear it and see it. Um, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun to make those kinds of things. God, that's awesome. This is the perfect uh, franchise here to choose to, you know, experiment with all these new features. I think it's perfect. You know, like, exactly like you said, you want to feel that footstep behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have two versions, right? So I guess people can see um, the one with all the 4D motion and all that and the one without, right? Uh, yeah, we've got a, an environmental cabinet, which is, you know, it's still got the, the shaking in the seats. It's still got the okay. fantastic... Um, dual solenoid guns that give you this really powerful feeling in there and then you know big 55 inch television um, and all that and then just i think just recently coming off the assembly line is the big motion ones oh, uh, nice. and those are gonna you're gonna start to see those in in, in locations pretty soon and it's gonna pick you up and it's gonna shake you around just like you're <laughs> just like you're in it yeah i think uh 4d is becoming like huge now and you start to see movie theaters around the country popping up with with all these different options you know like uh, like the seats moving, and I actually saw Jurassic World with um, rumble seats. I'd never seen that before, but I'm like, I got, I gotta see it in, you know, whatever that is. I don't know, but uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that you know, again, as an arcade designer, we always are trying to push the limits on that stuff because, you know, obviously we're we're competing against every other device out there, and, yeah. and uh, this is one way we can separate ourselves from from the phone and the and the home and all that stuff, so. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I really noticed uh, going back to the game itself is um, the music. Do you know who the composer was for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? John, John Williams, of course, right? Uh. Are you talking about the original? <laughs> What's that? Are you talking about the original? Oh, no, I mean for your game. Sorry, did oh. I not? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, for our game. <laughs> not John Williams. Oh. Uh, I was like, man, that's impressive. You, you guys pulled some strings, got John Williams in. Um, no, like, what was the music, John? I guess it was a, co a collection of things. Yeah, we got a lot of it. Um, um, yeah, it was just kind of a collections of things. We didn't, we didn't actually hire a composer. We, we, okay. I think we got them from, a, um, you know, we just sort of bought, bought the music. We, we searched through a lot of um, stuff to find the things we like. We, we, we figured we were on the all right track when, uh, you know, I, we had John Williams music in for a little while, just as placeholder, and then we got to a, a theme song. We're like, well, wait, is this one the John Williams one? Because we, 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 we might, uh, we gotta get rid of it. We're like, no, actually it's not, but the fact that we're confused just means we're on the right track. And so yeah. uh, we went through a lot of different versions to, to come up with good, uh, good themes that, that match those movies. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it really sounded like really well, and, and uh, I think it, it expressed Jurassic Park very well. So, yeah, and I give uh, yeah, I give that up to not, a lot of people at work um, had a hand in that, and um, and John, of course, lent his voice to a lot of the voice work. So, 
that was kind of uh, kind of funny how that all turned out. You know, we had we had big plans, we had big big scripts and dialogues and stuff. And John had just had enough. He finally just went into the basement and or wherever it was in our office and constructed some little sound room and recorded himself. And that's <laughs> what, that's what a lot of the uh, the voice work in the game is, and it came out great. So. Um, you know, that's just how you get things done sometimes, I guess. Yeah. I can't take all the credit. Ray, Ray and Sergey also. Yeah, no, there's other things too. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. We just wanted to get it in there and have our vision. And we figured, well, it, it's turned out okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think one thing you find when you're a small company is that um, anytime you do something as a placeholder, it's going to end up in the game. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I feel like we do stuff all the time, whether it's audio or, or visual or whatever, and you go, oh, I'm just going to put this in here for now and we'll come back to it later. And, and odds are you, you'll just be inundated by a million other things and you'll never come back to it. So if you're yeah. going to put something in as a placeholder, it better be pretty good because it's probably <laughs> end up in the game. <laughs> yeah, I was asking because um, Michael Giacchino, the, the uh, composer who did Jurassic World, uh, you know, back in 1997, he actually did the soundtrack for the Lost World game. So I didn't know if it was anybody of note, you know, that uh, did the soundtrack there because it actually sounded great and I thought it fit very well. And, uh, you know, I guess you never would have guessed that Michael Giacchino doing that soundtrack back then would end up composing Jurassic World. So that's that's an awesome coincidence, I guess. Just great. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I wish I, I, wish I knew the name of our, of our composers now. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know. You'll have to keep your eye out for Jurassic World yeah. two or three or something. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. You know, he's going to work his way up, and just uh, you know, we'll see him in the credits next time. Um, so, bringing it to uh, the films itself, um, you actually—I'm sure you got a chance to see Jurassic World this past summer. Oh yeah, we did a company outing for that one. Awesome. What did you guys think? Oh, I think we loved it. Yeah, we all loved it. It was great. I mean, it was. Uh way over the top and uh yeah it was awesome man i mean and, and especially as game designers we sit and look at it and just kind of go man i hope we can you know hopefully work off of that that license someday you know i mean it's there was a lot of new ideas in there and they introduced a lot of new new dinosaurs and um it, no it looked it looked amazing and i love chris pratt i think he, i think he's great so it was good man <laughs> Yeah, I think it actually uh, has some parallels there with the, you know, the weapons that they're using in the film. You know, they're making dinosaurs as weapons now. So it's kind of like uh, working hand in hand here. Right? I don't know. You're right. It's, um, I think it's funny how, again, when the, with the, when the whole thing started, like John was saying, it was we, we just started to make this thing as, oh, it'd be cool to do a Jurassic Park game. And we had a, a good relationship with Universal just because of our past um, – Fast and Furious stuff we had done, and and so it's like, all right, this is be a neat neat license to explore, and um, come to find out, they're finally going to do this this new movie, and yeah, it was neat to see it because like I was like, oh, they have helicopters blowing up, and they have all these huge weapons and new new jeeps and all this stuff, so it was kind of cool to see some of the parallels. Yeah. I think uh, there's a huge difference between the way films were made, you know, back in uh, you know the first film, and the way they're made now. They're they are kind of more video game like, you know. There's there's got to be action. There's got to be something happening, you know, basically 100% of the time. But you know, when you look back on the old films, 
you can't really see a video game too much out of that because it was there was a lot of quiet moments and a lot of talking and and uh, you know stuff like that. So I think uh, I think we're seeing a, a big parallel here with video games and films. Oh, you're probably right. It certainly is happening to uh, to sports games. I think. I mean, we watch NFL football these days. It you can see a lot of stuff drawn from uh, from the video game experience. So yeah. Um, so how do you guys think the uh, the game, or I'm sorry, the uh, film Jurassic World matches up against uh, the prior three? Um, what do you think, John? I mean, the first one obviously is. I, I thought it was great. I mean, you know, the, like the first movie was great in a in a suspenseful sort of way. You know, you're you're being introduced to these dinosaurs. It's kind of like, you know, you don't know what they're all about. Um, it was an amazing introduction, and I feel like Jurassic World was just all about then, you know turning it up to 11 and, and having the action and, and, and going after them. Um, you know, I think they're very different movies, and I think that's important. If they if they really just made Jurassic Park again, it's never going to live up to the original, but it was something no. else, I think. And it was a good action movie, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed it for that, you know? Yeah, do you have any uh, have any hopes for, like, where it goes in the future? Oh, I don't know. Are there, are there, are there rumors or, or whatever? The only, th- the only thing I've read is just this stuff about... Um, you know, these comments by the one scientist who, he's like, well, we're not going to be the only ones who can make dinosaurs forever. And so that mm-hmm. was like some, uh, you know, some kind of whatever, alluding to potential future uh, mayhem or something that might yeah. come from people. But um, I haven't heard a whole lot. Just, I mean, they, they have, have they announced like a date for the next movie? I think they have, haven't they? Yeah, it's in 2018, so we got a long time to speculate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be you get a lot of podcasts to do between now and then. Oh man. God, yeah, I know. I'm uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm dreading the amount. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, but well, I don't know what they'll do. I mean, you know, give them three years, they could probably come up with all kinds of things. Plus, the technology will continue to yeah to improve, and yeah, it could be cool. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, that we don't really know much of anything. We just know um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are coming back, and like you said, they're they're talking about um, basically other companies being able to produce the same results. You know, have dinosaurs maybe in all different places around the world being created by all kinds of different companies. So I think that that throws a whole another tangent out there of uh, what could happen in a sequel. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. the cool thing is, man, dinosaurs are so timeless, right? I mean, it's like they've been they've been around forever. Every kid has loved them, you know, when they when they're since they were little until, you know, um, our age, I guess. And um, it just seems like it's a great um, it's a great subject matter for for films, books, you know, toys, whatever. Everybody just seems to love dinosaurs, and it's fascinating yeah. by them. So, um, so. So actually, what what other um, franchises or what other kind of games have you guys worked on in the past? Oh well, you know our, our um, so our big, I guess our big um, claim to fame was was the Fast and Furious um, awesome. series of driving games. We've done we've done quite a few games based on that license, both car racing and motorcycle racing, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of our sister company are the ones who make big buck hunter the okay like hunting game yeah so that's a pretty big um pretty big license uh ip for us as well and um 
And then, um, you know, we've done other movies. We did, they did a Terminator game, Terminator Salvation, and um, they did an Aliens game. And, um, you know, we've, we try, you know, it seems that people are, are attracted more to a, a good license um, than just trying to come up with something brand new. Um, you know, if, if they're in the theater or they're at the water park or something and they see something they recognize, it's, I think it's easier to get them over there. So we are, we do like uh, a good license. And I think one thing that Jurassic Park allowed us to do was to take risks that we typically wouldn't have taken, um, namely that motion cabinet. You know, that was a pretty expensive and, um, and kind of a large endeavor to take on. And um, for most licenses, or, or even, I mean, certainly an unlicensed game would have never gotten that treatment, but uh, even most licensed games, I mean, you're talking about um, a pretty big risk and, and a pretty big, um, a pretty big expense to go to go about designing that and um, and testing it and all the things we went through with it and and Jurassic Park was a, a license I think that lent itself well to that because we thought you know everybody loves this everybody this this is, has true staying power in the market and yeah um, that was really nice for us I mean we haven't you don't get licenses like that every day I mean there's there's so few of them out there. So we felt, I think we all feel pretty, pretty blessed and pretty, um, pretty fortunate to have gotten that one. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I bet you guys are pretty excited to, to hear, um, Vin Diesel talk about, you know, the next set of, uh, trilogies here for, uh, Fast and Furious, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're incredible, man. I mean, the latest one was like a billion dollar movie. For yeah. Me, I think a billion dollars. So yeah, man, they keep bringing it. Um, that was another thing we just kind of hooked onto that first movie just just because it was cool and we were making a racing game and it all kind of came together and who yeah. knew it was going to be seven movies later and we'd still <laughs> be talking about it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I I never would have thought that when I saw it back in the you know what was it two thousand and one. Uh, that mm -hmm. that's just insane, really, what it's become. Yeah, it is, man. No, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of gotten a little bit away from the racing aspect, but um, I'm sure you know yeah. it's it's more over the top than it was you know ever in the past. So. No doubt, no doubt. And so they, you know, they're they're constantly giving us ideas. And I'd like to believe that we somewhere out there have given somebody an idea for <laughs> some, <laughs> one of these movies or something that we inspired somebody. Yeah. Well. I, I honestly, I, I think about it every time I watch those films. I'm like, I don't know who created the idea to have uh, this this amazing car go from one building to another to another. That just, <laughs> who thought of that? So that's well, crazy. Well, we did do that, right, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it was you guys. You did it. <laughs> no, we had that. We had a scene like that in a motorcycle game. Reach. Oh, really? one building and well yeah you kind of crashed from building to building and it was like so preposterous but yeah like you say then you watch the movie and there they do it so the thing about them like ideas like that you're like man i mean everybody can take credit for us because we were all six once hot wheels and yeah, jumping sure. them off one thing to another like that's what everybody wants to do <laughs> it's great to see a movie you know make that reality yeah i i don't know how they pull it off but they they do they make it somewhat believable you know it's it's awesome mm-hmm um, so, you know, coming towards the end here, where can people find the uh, Jurassic Park arcade games? Are they 
specifically in um, like Dave and Buster's, or are they in movie theaters or arcades? Where, where are they at? Well, you'll definitely be able to find them in all the Dave and Buster's. Uh, they, they, they've uh, outfitted plenty of the, uh, I think all of their stores have an environmental cabinet. So you can do that today. Um, awesome. As for other theaters, you know, like sometimes you'll find theaters, um, you know, family entertainment centers. Um, uh, it's everywhere. I mean, I, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got a text last night from my sister-in-law. They were down at some, you know, hole-in-the-wall pizza place in their little <laughs> town. And there was Jurassic Park, you know. I mean, awesome. I haven't even seen the thing on location yet myself. But... Uh, <laughs> But they, there's, there's sold a lot. So, but we we sell them all over the world too. We've sold quite a few overseas. Wow. Uh, as well. So. Yeah, yeah I know great. a lot of people are looking forward to play this. And and what has it been really since the summer mostly, or was it earlier than that? I think they started around March is when they yeah, were the okay. first ones were built. But yeah. I think the first round all went overseas. So. Okay. Um, other than Dave and Buster's, I'm sure Dave and Buster's got. They they tend to get stuff early. Yeah, they had the big promotion right around the launch of the movie, so I think they must have had them just before that, or, or if not earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I have. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh no, that's it. Yeah. All right. I have uh, actually two questions here. I asked a few people on Twitter uh, what they were wondering about the systems here, and uh, this one is from at job Alex Ang. And it says, uh, "Will you guys be porting this console or porting it to consoles?" We get asked that question a lot. Uh, oh, I'm sure. You know, we were talking. We were talking. We were talking earlier about a lot of these sort of um, hardware things. Uh, and you know, we think the best way to enjoy this is is on a on a giant screen with our with our big, you know, two-handed, you know, um, cannon that we're that you that you uh, you know use to aim with, and and the the big rumbling seats and a motion cabinet if you can get in one of those. Um, you know, I think you're just gonna have to get out to uh, an arcade and uh, play it the way it was meant. So the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna stay in the arcade. Yeah. I think that's a good choice. You know, you want people to experience that, and you definitely want them to keep coming back. Because I'm sure once you sell a, you know, a game for your PC or Xbox or whatever, that's it. You know, it's one and done. But you got to have people keep coming back to these systems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. And and we and we kind of specifically, you'll you'll see when you play it. But we've kind of specifically set the the levels up to to get people to keep playing at the end the ends are set up uniquely for uh for replay and um oh, good. and it's i think it's it does great i mean you, you you really watch i've never really seen people um continue on one of our games the way they do with this one so um so yeah we're gonna stick with the arcade man we're, we're in it to win it on the arcade forever so <laughs> oh that's that's awesome yeah i'm I think you you got to experience it out, you know, in an arcade with with all that surrounding you and the seats moving and all that sound and the amazing screen in front of you. That's uh, you know, you can't beat that sitting on your couch at home. I agree. Well, you got to get out and see it, man. You got to. I know. I'm 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 hyping it up so much, and I feel like I've played it already. But you know, I, I really got to get out there and see it. Let's see. I got another one here. Uh, this one's from at sickle underscore claw. It says. Uh, are there any dinosaurs they wanted to put in but decided not to? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think we've had a few, yeah. 
Yeah, no, there were. There were certainly the ones from Jurassic World, the Ankylosaurus that. Um, oh yeah. They're, they're kind of yeah. like spiky guys with like a big like you know. Yeah, the big tail. Yeah, yeah. Big, that big ball tail, and um, we read. They oh. had them in that movie. I mean, I just they had them in the movie, and they used it well. I mean, obviously those those geosphere things mm -hmm. um, lent themselves perfect to, to interacting with them. So um, oh, we, wanted yes. to, we wanted to use those guys. Um, yeah. Who else, Jim? We, we really wanted to have uh, an underwater uh, dinosaur, much like in Jurassic World, um, which was pretty tricky. We couldn't. We, we had a lot, really hard time coming up with a way that you could interact with them and see them. And, uh, yeah. You know, that was that was definitely on our wish list that we never quite quite got to. Oh, yeah, maybe next time around, because <laughs> I'm sure that could be awesome. But it, yeah, I see it as being kind of tricky to, you know, go from one setting to another underwater without showing somebody putting on like a suit. Or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, we would just start. We would just be right underwater, man. We would cut to the chase and and put you under there. But um, again, then the movie, you know, here they come out with that awesome water dinosaur and it's like oh man we could we could do this somehow you know and maybe you don't have to go under you know maybe That's true. Just out of the water like you did in the movie and just grabbing a hold of your helicopter and pulling you down or something yeah kind of like a water skiing <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty awesome actually right i mean there are there are so many we had a we had a giant book of dinosaurs and um when you look through there i mean i remember early on thinking one of the coolest parts about making this game is that you don't have to spend any time like you really reduce your time as far as character design because you don't have to spend any time designing these characters because they're already so cool and there's yeah. so much variety you yep. just have to whittle it down to to the ones you want to have in there but um other than like the texture maps and and like you say the colors and all that stuff um they're already this amazing uh, library of dinosaurs to choose from. So, you know, that was fortunate. Yeah, and I think I think what one thing that's really cool that we didn't even touch on is just um, one benefit we have from from being arcade developers is that you know we get to put these games out there and and before we ever release them, like for you know to for sale, we can we can watch people's reactions and we can. Um, and kind of just observe them playing and really get a lot of good feedback just from that and really kind of tweak the game and hone the game to be what we think it needs to be, which is something that, you know, outside of focus groups or um, that nature, you know, types of things, it's hard, I think, for most people to be able to do that with their games. So mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a unique thing to arcade. So it's been, we, we did a lot of that with this game and I yeah. think it, it really led to a, a really, a really, uh, a great success in the end so yeah and i think with uh jurassic park you kind of have a lot to live up to so yeah, yeah you got to do it right no kidding that's right <laughs> yeah awesome well i i'm so glad you guys got a chance to uh you know hook up here and, and talk about the game a little bit and let everybody know you know for all those who haven't played it like me um but uh, where can, you know, everybody go out and find you guys, you know, your website or are you on Twitter and stuff like that? Oh, well, uh, we're, you know, we're with Raw Thrills. Uh, I think our website is rawthrills.com, R-A-W-T-H-R-I-L-L-S. Uh, -L -L um, and, uh, yeah, I think we've got a Facebook page. So if you just search for that on Facebook, I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll come right up. You know, we'll post uh, whatever the latest games are coming out, you know. And, and if, we, if we see new locations, you know, those will... That might be a good way to find the game. So, uh, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining me, guys. And uh, I'm excited to get out there and play the game. And uh, I, I entice everybody to go out there and just, you know, throw coins in that thing nonstop. Yeah, we're excited to have you play it. Thanks for that. Great podcast, man. So we appreciate you. Oh, no problem. Thanks a lot. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! You just went and made a new dinosaur? All right, so this week we are in the the, uh, the studio here, and I brought in Dan Caron again, and uh, we're actually going to discuss the uh, the poll from this week, which was, um, what other franchises would you like to mash up with Jurassic Park? And essentially, we just wanted to have a little fun and uh, make this a really ridiculous poll because I really hope none of these come true, to be honest with you, because they're both pretty ridiculous. So uh, let's see, before we get into some of these responses, uh, do you have any that you came up with? Uh, man, I mean, I, I went through the Twitter feed and I saw a ton of responses that were all, all pretty awesome. And I don't, I don't want to duplicate any of those, but um, a few that I thought of is, uh, you know, one, one of them being uh, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky and the Jurassic Park franchise. If you, if you mix those together, you... <laughs> just Rocky, just knocking out other dinosaurs. Just, just going up against the Lophosaurus and oh, uh, yeah. the, the Rathers. I'm not sure if Rocky would really fare well against all them. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. But, you know, I, I also, I didn't see too many um, topics on, on this, but Indiana Jones, obviously a great franchise. I think that's a more realistic uh, possible um, mashup between the two. Yeah, you know, I could almost see <clears throat> kind of like... Um, like a flashback or something like that. You see Indiana Jones investigating this island, finding like bones or something like that, and then you flash forward to dinosaurs ruling that island. Something like that could be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, like one other one other franchise that, that I I love dearly is Back to the Future. And I'd be afraid to mix the two because they're probably two of my favorite franchises ever. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that necessarily means this would be the best, but I think, uh, you know, going back in time to, um, you know, a, a, a point where, where dinosaurs maybe existed and hell, you know, they get stuck there or they go into the future of an island, um, you know. That would be awesome, actually. Yeah, I mean... Like, I, seeing... I mean, obviously, you see the past where there's dinosaurs and everything. They get stuck there. But going into the future of Jurassic World and seeing what happens to the island in another, you know, 30 years, that would be awesome. Yeah, and, and, and maybe, you know, um, we, we always hear about the space-time continuum, you know, maybe changing something to, to make, uh, you know, dinosaurs not... Um, you know, not make the Indominus Rex and, and lead to the... The oh, demise God. of this park. That would be awesome. Yeah, just going back, stopping Doctor Wu from creating the Indominus Rex. Yeah, I like that. But th um, th those are pretty much um, all I could think of that were, you know, relatively uh, feasible, at least. Yeah, I had a few. Um, one of the first ones I introduced, I think I mentioned it last week, for for just for for ridiculous sake, was the Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, <laughs> I totally want to see 
Dominic Toretto getting in, you know, some <laughs> souped up, you know, sports car and I don't know, just racing a dinosaur maybe? Yeah. Plowing down what, dinosaurs. So we get, well, I don't know. T Rex clocked at what, thirty? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure it's gonna bode well for the dinosaurs. You know, it's gonna be some serious race wars, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but but now those movies are mostly about heists, so maybe Dom and his crew are trying to uh, steal the uh, embryos. Yeah, you know that could that could work, right? Ma- yeah, maybe an actual uh, heist uh, of yeah. the embryos uh, that, that would that leads to a successful. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, and I like this other one, uh, just Transformers. Oh yeah, you know, like I I mean, some people are gonna hate on Transformers, and uh, especially the last movie actually had the dinosaur Transformers in mm-hmm. it, um, but just seeing <laughs> like. Optimus Prime, like, rolling around in the dirt, like, tackling an Indominus Rex, or, you yeah. know, fighting a Brachiosaurus. That would be super sad, though. I would, it, I'm not sure if I want to see that. It would be super sad, because <laughs> I feel like the dinosaurs would lose every time. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they could somehow hold their own against those Transformers, I think it could be a pretty, pretty awesome series. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people on Twitter, um, even though it was just, like, just for fun and everything, they actually chose not to mix Jurassic Park with anything. Yeah, I don't so, blame them. Oh no, I don't blame them either. Because honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mix it with anything at all. Yeah, you know, because recently they announced that um, King Kong and Godzilla are going to be doing a crossover, Ugh. and uh, well, there's a few others. Um, I this is a, a really ridiculous one, but Men in Black and um, uh, what's the uh, the new Channing Tatum, um, uh, twenty uh, Jump Street. Really? Yeah, there was a so it would be him and Jonah Hill as Men in Black characters. Really? That would be out of control. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that would work because those movies are both ridiculous. It could work, but I'm not sure I'd want to mix Jurassic Park with anything. Yeah. So I, I'll stick. You know, I'm, I stick by those guys who uh, who answered that way. But for fun's sake, let's take a look at a, a few here. We don't have to really. We'll, we won't comment on them because there's a lot. So. Uh, we got one here from at JW underscore Packy. Uh, how, about the, how about with the Hunger Games? We'll call it the Jurassic Games and the arenas could be full of dinosaurs. I like it. I like it too. Um, we have here at Spaceman Spooky, JP and Vacation. <laughs> that could work. That would be absurd as well. Um, let's see. We got uh, Resident Evil and Jurassic Park mashup. Resident Evil, Isla Sorna, or Resident Evil 5 Death. Isles. Isles? 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 Yeah. I like that. The uh, Resident Evil Five Death, I- Di- uh, Five Death Isles. I like that a lot. That uh, You know, the Five Death um, I- Islands there are not really explored. So I'd love to see actually what's going on on those islands. And I think uh, at N7 Patrick here would like to know as well. So maybe we can get some kind of word soon as to uh, what's going on there. Um, let's see here. We got one from at, uh, I'll just read this, at BOS... Underscore A R J A N says, "How about just for fun, X Men, mutants versus dinosaurs, saving helpless, simple humans from the mutants?" No, I don't know. I like it. I could <laughs> see I could see dinosaurs and mutants battling. Absolutely. Um, actually, here we have one in line with what you said. It's the same guy. He says, uh, "Back to the Future, bringing dinosaurs back before they're extinct." Marty, we need a bigger DeLorean. <laughs> All right, here we have one uh, from at sickle underscore claw. The Jurassic Pendables. Jurassic's, Jurassic Pendables. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a tough one to say. I could see that. Sylvester Stallone going in and uh, taking over the island. Um, at Indian Marion says, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the InGen Research. 
I like it. Um, there's a few more in this uh, in this uh, queue here. Let's see. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, this is from at elf340. Jurassic micro, uh, wait, Jurassic micro Congo with a dash of Mr. Hamolka. So that's uh, just mixing up uh, a few Michael Crichton stories here. So essentially, it's just going to be uh, the story of tiny gorillas eating cake on Isla Nublar. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here, this one is actually on Instagram. Uh, Klingon007JP says, Jurassic Park meets James Bond. And that would be actually awesome. Um, I have actually another few here from James Bond. Uh, this is, again, this is actually at Indian Marion, and it says... Casino, Casino Nublar, uh, Quantum of Stegosaurus, and Golden Grant. Specific movies. Very yeah. specific. I like, I like the uh, play on words there with all the different uh, titles. <laughs> um, and he actually plays on a few other ones. He has Walt Disney's 101 Compsignathus. Uh, we did the, the uh, InGen Research one. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to somebody else here. We have at uh, Valis underscore one, Jurassic Park, Dead Space. I'd see that. Walt Disney's The Little Compy. So is that, what is that, the play on uh, The Little Mermaid? I think so. So is this an underwater compy? It's just, it's just... <laughs> so I think we actually, we covered a lot of them. Uh, there's a few more here, but, uh, you know, if you go to our Twitter page, uh, that's at Jurassic Park Pod, you can find all the uh, images that we uploaded, and you can see all the results here from everybody. Um, so thanks you, thank you, everybody, for submitting, and uh, thanks, Dan, for uh, joining me here. Thanks, Brad. First time in the studio. First time. How is it? Is it all right? It is pretty pretty good. I yeah. love it. I love it. It's dark. It's scary. There's vines everywhere. It's like a broken down visitor center. It is the visitor center. It is. I'm not a computer nerd. I prefer to be called a hacker. Aren't you supposed to be a genius or something? I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendron. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? We got a listener email this week. This one comes in from Claudio. It says, Hi, great podcast. Love the layout with the background music and quotes. A thought. You talked about what you want slash think Jurassic World might be about. You also talked about the Spinosaurus and a prequel. How cool would it be to have that and to see the Spinosaurus fighting and losing against the Irex? Keep up the good work and also see if you can find any useful facts about the new dino books Jurassic World, The Dark Continent, and Survive Day Zero. Thanks again for the best Jurassic podcast. Claudio. Well, thanks, Claudio. That That's some amazing words you just gave us there. Um, I'm super pumped to find out that you love the podcast and uh, all the different things we do with it. Um, as far as what we want to see in Jurassic World 2, um, as far as a prequel, actually, that would be awesome to see the Spinosaurus go in and lose against the Irex. I don't know how plausible it is. You know, I'd like to see a prequel maybe a lot earlier. Um, so maybe there were uh, different versions of the Irex, ones that failed or, or you know, ones that just didn't work, and maybe they were too crazy, sort of like the Spinosaurus was in Jurassic Park 3. Um, so I'd like to see them, you know, go head-to-head. And, uh, yeah, I'd probably like to see the Spinosaurus lose, even if it is to the, you know, to an Irex. 
Um, you know, the Spinosaurus really just killed one of the T-Rex the in Jurassic uh, Park 3. Um, but we don't know which one it was. You know, it could have been one, one of the ones we've known. Uh, but we don't know. So uh, I'd still like to see it go down and uh, be beaten by something else. Um, that would be a great idea for a prequel. Um, I'd love to see it. So um, as far as the uh, Jurassic World books that you're talking about, um, I have seen a few things about them um, actually over on Instagram. So i got to look more into it for you. Uh, stay tuned and uh, keep listening. I'll, I'll try to find uh, you know some more information and dig deeper. I believe they're, they're fan-written stories, so um, I'd actually like to read them myself now that I know they're uh, something to uh, look out for. So stay tuned, Claudio, and I'll, I'll get some more information for you soon. Thanks for the email. So we also have a submission here from Olivia. She sent in a great email recently discussing all kinds of things. And uh, this week she actually sent in an audio clip of her discussing Zara. You know, the the person who was in charge of watching Zack and Gray uh, while they went through the park. And actually this is mostly pertaining to her death. So you'll learn some interesting things. And maybe your your uh, perspective here will change once you hear what she has to say. So uh, let's take a listen. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about about uh, the character of Azara, Claire's assistant. I think, uh, you know, I've seen the movie a couple times. Okay, a lot of times. And um, that scene, her death sequence is so powerful and drawn out and, and ruthless and relentless every time, every time I watch the movie. Um, and, and I still think about it and I still um, every time I watch it it's just it's just so powerful and um, and I've been trying to think about why it is and I've read a, read a couple different things and there's an article on the on fusion um, that says uh, Zara's death is depicted with relish like it's a deserved retribution um, and that that's from fusion and so it's kind of like well is is Zara's you know lactisical babysitting? The, the reason that she dies in, in such a violent a violent way on, on screen. The other thing is that there's never been a, a female death on, on screen before in the Jurassic Park franchise. And that, you know, perhaps they're trying to, to depict this in, in this weird, you know, twisted, you know, equality sense um, to, to celebrate this, you know, first female death on screen and give it fanfare. But I think that there is something that, that was missed in... Um, in the movie, in the scene where they're at the petting zoo, or uh, just before Zack and Gray run off to, to lose her, um, she's on the phone, she's not paying attention, and she says, you can, there's this line, she says, um, uh, no, you know, no, he's not having a bachelor party, no, because his, his friends are animals, and because um, it's my wedding, and, and it's just these, these three little lines that she talks about, about how she is going to get married, and they're really easy to, to to forget about and to miss, um, and so later on, when she when she dies in, in, in that way, you know, as I rewatch the movie, I'm thinking that that she had a future and she had a fiance who probably didn't live and work on the island, and she's she's um, from the UK, so she you know probably was long distance, and she seemed really good at. Her job, and I'm sure she didn't sign up to babysit, you know, Claire's nephews, and and I think that that adds just a layer to her character that was um, almost missed. Um, and I think that that scene, you know, we're supposed to mourn her characters if we were supposed to care about her, and in, in the movie, um, 
she ends up kind of feeling more like a prop. But if you hear that line about her her future wedding, um, it kind of adds adds a whole new sadness to and horror to the way that things ended for her getting eaten by multiple dinosaurs. So um, it's just really sad if you if you caught that line and you think about it. So I uh, wanted to bring that up and wanted to thank you for for letting me uh, do that today. Thanks so much, Olivia. That was awesome. Um, I think really what we're doing here on the podcast is changing perspective uh, on a lot of the characters from Jurassic World. You know, last week we had a, a great discussion on Claire, and uh, now you've got this submission here for Zara. And I think a lot of people are going to change the way they think about her. So, you know, I really think that the uh, the death is based on the fact that everybody sees her as a poor babysitter. And, you know, it's just on the surface because you do see her, you know, not paying attention to the kids. She looks to be busy on her phone, doing other things, preoccupied. Um, but when you look beyond the surface there and you see that she's about to get married and you do notice her accent, you know, she does sound like she's from the U.K., um, so, you know, she definitely has some sort of long distance, uh, distance commitment going on here. Um, so you really got to appreciate these little facts that they're, they're pinpointing here and not just see her as a poor babysitter. Um, so I think those points are awesome that you, you, uh, you pointed them out for everybody who didn't notice them. Um, and I think it's going to change perspective, you know, for a lot of people who listen here. Um, so, you know, I want to actually find out what other people think, you know, if they just thought, it was on the surface, she was bad at babysitting, and she died. Or if they thought it was really brutal because she's got this whole backstory here about her getting married. So if you want to reach out and let us know what you think, you know, you can always email us uh, at JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. Or you can give our voicemail a call, and that number is 732-825-7763. And you can just let us know what you think about this segment here that Olivia pointed out. Um, and I also can't wait to have Olivia on the podcast to discuss all kinds of other things and uh, get some d- deeper insight into Jurassic World and the other films. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks for listening to the 19th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank John Scott and Nate Vanderkamp from Raw Thrills for joining me to discuss the Jurassic Park arcade system. I really need to get out there and find this thing because it sounds like some amazing work went into making this thing great. Uh, Let us know if you've gotten any chance to play it. We'd love to hear your reactions. Also, a big thanks to Dan Caron for joining me quickly here to discuss the poll from this week. We loved all the crazy submissions And, you know, some of them are really burned into my memories for good. And I'm kind of glad a lot of them aren't getting made anytime soon. Also, thanks to Claudio for sending in that email and Olivia for that great perspective on the death of Zara. I can't wait to hear more from you soon. If you want to find us, we are basically everywhere on the Internet now. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. We do so much work here on Twitter, so follow us and you'll find some great information. Uh, You can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. We're usually spotted commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. I know I ask you every week, but if you haven't, please do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. 
If you want to get a hold of us, you can tweet us at Jurassic Park Pod, or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segment ideas, pictures, top tens, or comments to Jurassic Park Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, don't worry. You can give our voicemail a call and leave us a message. The number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.